Hello and welcome to In Historia Medicina. I am Dr. Ashwini Nathu. The contents of our medicine cabinets, the strips of tablets and the bottles of capsules bear no resemblance to the medicine chests of our ancestors, full of leaves and roots, oils and powders. Our modern drugs are a far cry from the herbal remedies of yore. Yet, nearly half of all the pharmaceuticals used by us currently have originated from natural sources. Few of the drugs came from traditional medicine, while few were serendipitous discoveries. And many of them have interesting stories of discovery spanning across centuries and continents. Today, we will be talking about a few of these interesting stories. Let's start off with a story of one man's meat being another man's poison, or rather, one man's poison being another man's blood pressure medication. In the banana plantations of southwestern Brazil, many plantation workers used to die from snake bites. The people just collapsed instantaneously and died. The culprit was the Buthrops geraraca, a South American pit viper. It was noted that these people died due to a sudden massive drop in their blood pressure. So, a search was initiated for a potential antihypertensive drug from the snake venom. A zoologist, Sergio Ferreira, isolated this blood pressure reducing component in 1965 and named it BPF. He later joined the team of Nobel Prize winner Dr. John R. Vail, where they were studying the physiological mechanisms that control the BP in the body. Initially, they thought that the lung and the kidney have a very minor role to play in the control of the blood pressure. But further studies showed that the lungs play an important role such that there is a component known as angiotensin 1 which gets converted into another component, angiotensin 2, by an enzyme called the ACE or the angiotensin converting enzyme. Angiotensin 2 has a very potent effect on the blood pressure by increasing it. Now the substance that Ferreira isolated from the viper venom inhibited the enzyme ACE. Thus, it prevented the formation of angiotensin 2 and resulted in lowering of the blood pressure. The venom was rapidly acting which served the purpose of the snake but it wasn't suitable as a drug. So this protein from the venom was isolated studied and modified so that it would have a slow sustained effect. The first orally active drug in this class was Captopril. It was approved by the US FDA in 1981. Subsequently, many newer drugs in this class have been discovered and they are still the first line drugs for hypertension as well as for many cardiac and kidney diseases. Few other animal origin drugs include Nexatide, an antidiabetic derived from the saliva of the Gila monster, and hirudin, an anticoagulant derived from the saliva of leeches. The interesting thing about hirudin is that the leeches attach themselves to the body of an animal or a human and they create a wound in the skin and suck the blood and feed on it. Now, the normal quality of our blood is that as soon as there is a wound on our skin, our blood starts to clot so that there isn't much loss of blood. 
Now, if the blood clots, then the purpose of the leech is not served. It will not be able to feed on the blood. So, in the saliva of the leech, the substance herudin prevents the clotting of the blood so that the blood keeps flowing freely and the leech can have its lunch or dinner. Now, when this substance herudin was discovered, it was put to use as a pharmaceutical, as an anticoagulant, which prevents the clotting of the blood inside the blood vessels in people who are prone to strokes and heart attacks. As we see, animals are definitely an important source of drugs, but the most important sources are plants along with algae and fungi. Plants have not just survived but thrived and evolved over millions of years, despite the distinct disadvantage of being rooted to the spot. That is why it is postulated that they have had to develop a veritable chemical arsenal to protect themselves from animals, birds and insects as well as to ensure their reproduction and propagation. In a similar vein, sedentary marine creatures such as sponges, sea snails and slugs have also generated much interest as a potential source for drugs. Ziconotide, a medication for chronic pain, was the first FDA-approved drug from a marine animal, a marine snail. But before we talk any further about recent developments, we should go back to the very first one, the one that kicked off the modern pharma industry. The modern pharma story started with the most common drug we know of, acetylsalicylic acid, or what we better know as aspirin. It was the first drug ever to be synthesized artificially in 1960. But it has been around way longer than that, from 1500 BC to be specific. Salicylic acid and its salts, the salicylates, are found in the barks of trees like the willow, myrtle and meadowsweet. One of the earliest documented mentions of using willow bark for fever and pain can be found in the Ebers Papyrus, an Egyptian medical treatise rated to be around 1500 BC. Hippocrates in the 5th century BC also mentions it in his writing, recommending willow bark tea for fever as well as for reducing the pain during childbirth. Subsequent writings by Celsius, Galen and many Arabic physicians also mentioned willow bark for fever, pain and inflammation. In the 19th century, as modern science and especially organic chemistry was developing, scientists started studying medicinal plants to isolate the active ingredients. Many chemists were working on willow bark, but the first success was attributed to Joseph Buchner in 1828. His methods were further refined by other researchers. The active ingredient was named salicylic acid after the scientific name of the white willow, the salix alba. Initially, a sodium salt of salicylic acid was synthesized and used in medicine. But later, the acetyl salt was discovered which had an equal potency but lower side effects. And that's how the aspirin that we know today came into being. This was in the 1890s. Aspirin was trademarked by Bayer and continued to be a popular drug in, during both the world wars. But, but past post the World War II, a number of other painkillers were discovered, especially acetaminophen, 
it had a lower propensity to cause gastric irritation than aspirin so slowly aspirin faded from the spotlight it again came into prominence after a couple of decades when its effect on platelets was discovered and it was hailed as an effective drug for prevention of heart attacks and strokes in people with cardiovascular diseases another drug discovered from native medicinal practices was quinine the antimalarial drug obtained from the bark of the cinchona tree cinchona bark extract was used traditionally by the quechua people from peru they used it to treat shivers from extreme cold this was observed by the jesuit priests who brought it to europe in the 17th century rome was being ravaged by malaria many important people had fallen victim to it malarial fever is very typically characterized by a phase of high fever followed by uncontrolled shivering so the priests thought that cinchona bark would help in controlling these shivers as well though they weren't the same as the shivers due to extreme cold the cause of malaria had not yet been discovered and the malarial parasite was completely unknown luckily for them cinchona bark did turn out to have an antimalarial action so it was a serendipitous discovery quinine the active ingredient was isolated from the cinchona bark in 1820 by french researchers pierre joseph pelletier and joseph cavendish use of quinine became widespread it is said that this drug was a very important reason that the european powers could colonize africa since now their soldiers were protected from malaria malaria had been a scourge of colonists in africa and the indian subcontinent so the british introduced tonic water a very bitter concoction of quinine as a preventive for malaria amongst their soldiers in india the soldiers started mixing it with sugar lime and gin to make it a bit more palatable and the now classic cocktail the gin and tonic was born other quinine containing drinks like hibernic and quinquina were also introduced to encourage soldiers to intake quinine while posted in the tropics these cocktails have been immortalized though now they are drunk for taste rather than as a medicine as the incidence of malaria dropped in europe the importance of quinine also dropped though it still remains an important drug in the tropical countries however recently quinine has made a comeback in the news worldwide as hydroxychloroquine or hcq which has been touted as a potential drug against covid-19 another antimalarial drug artemisinin was derived from traditional chinese medicine it was extracted from the artemisia annua or the sweet wormwood plant it was discovered in 1972 by tu yuyu for which she was awarded the nobel prize in 2015 so far all the examples that we have seen were already been used for the intended purpose in traditional medicine it was only the question of isolating extracting and identifying the active ingredient but the next drug that we will see was a bit of a googly for the researcher dr james collett was one of the researchers who developed a process to extract a purified form of insulin this furthered his interest in diabetes research his group at the university of western ontario in canada 
was investigating plants used in traditional medicine as a source for potential oral anti-diabetic drugs. One of his postdoc students, Robert Noble, got to know about the periwinkle plant, the Catharanthus rosea, from a surgeon friend, Dr. Johnson, who was working in Jamaica. The leaves of the plants were made into a tea and used as a remedy for diabetes in traditional medicine. Dr. Johnson sent Noble few leaves for testing. Noble and his associates fed an extract of periwinkle leaves to rabbits, but they didn't see any change in their insulin or blood sugar levels. They were about to abandon this experiment when Noble thought of injecting the rabbits with the periwinkle extract. There was still no effect on the insulin and blood sugar level. Now it was sure that the plant had no anti-diabetic properties. But after a couple of days, Noble observed that the injected rabbits developed nasty boils and abscesses all over their bodies. When he investigated further, he found that their white blood cell levels had dropped very low. With the help of his associates, he isolated the compound binplastin from the periwinkle extract. It was named after the periwinkle's original Latin name, Binca rosea. The researchers believed that binblastin had potential use as anti-cancer agent, but they needed more leaves for their trials. So their surgeon friend organized a troop of Boy Scouts to collect more periwinkle leaves and ship them to Canada. Further experiments found that binblastin inhibited a protein called tubulin and prevented cell replication. Around the same time, the farmer giant Ellie Lilly extracted another compound, vincristin, from periwinkle. These two compounds, even today, are very important drugs in cancer chemotherapy. But till date, they are extracted directly from the periwinkle plants. No completely synthetic process has been successfully implemented, though some attempts are being made by the use of genetically modified yeast cells. Unlike 50 or 60 years ago, the modern researchers working on discovering new drugs from animals and plants no longer have to travel across the globe to collect samples or use tedious extraction methods like grinding up the biological matter and purifying it to find the active ingredients. Researchers now have access to molecular libraries from where they can pick the most suitable molecules by structure and function for their desired application. Millions of molecules from thousands of species have been documented, but there are many million species of plants and animals out there yet to be studied. Bioprospectors, people who drive discovery of new biological molecules for commercial use, have turned their interest to the two most rich and diverse sources of flora and fauna, the tropical rainforests and the deep seas. But the tragedy is that Human activities like deforestation, pollution and global warming are leading to the extinction of thousands of species each year, which means the irreversible loss of millions of potentially life-saving compounds. That being said, shouldn't we really prioritize saving our forests and oceans if only for the most selfish purpose of making a miracle drug or two? Thank you for listening. To In Historia Medicina, a brief history of medicine with me, Dr. Ashwini Nato. You can email us at a brief history of medicine at the rate gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram 
Our handle is a brief history of medicine.